Welcome to the Today in the World podcast for Wednesday, the 27th of January, 2021. I am your host, Uncle K, and today, President Biden and President Putin hold their first talks, but transcripts reveal two completely different conversations. China has found a better method of testing COVID by swabbing people's anal area. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos battle it out for satellite space and is GameStop's high stock price proving that Bitcoin works? Here's what you missed today in the world. I keep making the silly mistake in thinking that nothing in the news can surprise me anymore. And then I saw this headline from The Guardian that reads, China starts using anal swabs to test high-risk people for COVID. Yes, anal swabs. Apparently, coronavirus is getting so difficult to detect that they are resorting to this method to increase the detection rate of infected people as traces of the virus linger longer in the anus than in the respiratory tract, according to a senior doctor from Beijing's Yuan Hospital. In an attempt to further explain this strange behavior, the article says that Small localized outbreaks in recent weeks have resulted in multiple cities in northern China being sealed off from the rest of the country. It's starting to seem like every time a country gets the virus under control, it just pops up again. I mean, if China, who have been leading this whole pandemic thing, can't get this under control, what chances have any other country got? That's why when I see people talking about when this pandemic is over... I just kind of scoff under my breath because it doesn't look like this thing is ever going to be over. It just keeps reinventing itself. Whether it's a new strain, a new random outbreak or whatever, it just won't seem to go away. There's maybe a little self-dignity for the Chinese to hold on to as China's CCTV network admitted on Sunday, anal swabs would not be used as widely as other methods as the technique was not convenient. On the other hand, I don't think that dignity may last too long as convenience hasn't stopped governments on making the most radical changes they deem necessary. It may only be a matter of time before some bright spark in the West decides it's time to once again follow China's lead. You know that the new space race has officially begun when the two richest men on Earth are battling each other over airspace to float their satellites. On Tuesday, SpaceX CEO Musk accused Bezos's Amazon of trying to hamstring his system. Looking at the specifics of the actual disagreement, RT reports that the conflict focuses on SpaceX's efforts to convince the US Federal Communications Commission that it should be allowed to station its Starlink satellites closer to Earth than originally planned. Amazon is among the companies attempting to block the move, saying it would interfere with other satellites. As usual, when Musk wants to influence his will over the people, he goes to Twitter, where he said, quote, It does not serve the public to hamstring Starlink today for an Amazon satellite system that is at best several years away from operation, close quote. Amazon had their say and spoke to Futurism about the incident, saying, open quote, We designed the QPR system, to avoid interference with Starlink, and now SpaceX wants to change the design of the system. Those changes not only create a more dangerous environment for collisions in space, but they also increase radio interference for customers. Despite what SpaceX posts on Twitter, it is SpaceX's proposed changes that would hamstring competition among satellite systems. 
It is clearly in SpaceX's interest to smother competition in the cradle if they can. But it is certainly not in the public's interest. Close quote. Personally speaking, I think it's quite ridiculous for a company like Amazon to talk on behalf of the people. Last I checked, public opinion of Amazon was terrible. Most people don't actually care for either of these guys' satellites. I, for one, would much rather be looking at our stars than looking at this big blanket of blackness at night. And in saying that, it raises an important question. How do regulators actually decide who launches satellites? You know, what are the limitations and rules involved with that decision-making process? Is it a matter of importance, money, or what? I'm not sure. The regulators themselves, the Federal Communications Commission, is a United States organization, but these satellites are going to affect all of us in some way. So the governance regarding these satellites may be in need of some updating. Looking at some more technology news, as we all know, President Biden has made loads of executive orders since taking his role as president, one of the more recent ones being an order to make the entire fleet of government cars fully 100% electric. That's right, Futurism is reporting that the president plans on getting rid of all the old fossil fuel-powered cars in a bid to go green in America. There's only one problem. Many existing federal vehicles are tied to leases, which could slow down the process of converting them to electric. And then there's the major hurdle of ensuring charging infrastructure is up to snuff for such a massive fleet, a well-known issue in the industry that no one so far has managed to tackle. Another potential issue is, Biden plans for the cars to be manufactured in the US, and the only car manufacturer that could pull this off is Tesla, respectively. The problem with that, according to TechCrunch, is that Biden supports union automotive jobs, which Tesla doesn't have any of. So it doesn't look like Tesla is going to be at the top of that list for the president. Reviewing the next best options, Ford and General Motors have yet to significantly scale up their electric car efforts. But having said that, both companies have offered some very interesting designs for their future electric cars, with General Motors unveiling plans for a flying car. This might be the very opportunity they have been waiting for to scale up. So it looks like George Orwell's 1984 is right on track to becoming a real-world reality. Staying on the subject of Biden's politics, or as some like to call it, politricks, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Biden held their first phone call on Tuesday. Apparently, some of the sticking points were Russia-US relations, talking about the New START treaty, a treaty designed to limit the need for an all-out arms race. They also discussed cooperation in tackling COVID-19. The thing is with that, is that in the campaign before being elected, Biden took a very hard approach in dealing with Russia. There was no hint of any kind of cooperation, almost as if cooperation was the last thing Biden would actually be looking for. So the question is, is Biden starting to soften up now that he's actually sitting in the White House? The truth is, we will never really know what was discussed in that phone call. Both Russia and the US both released transcripts of the call, none of which matched the other. RT reports that Putin told Biden that the normalization of ties between Moscow and Washington would benefit not just both nations, but the whole international community, considering the role of Russia and the US in maintaining stability and security around the globe while the summary of the conversation provided on the White House website appeared much less friendly. 
It said that Biden had reaffirmed the US firm support of Ukraine's sovereignty and had brought up the situation with Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny, the SolarWinds hack, the alleged interference in the 2020 United States election, and even the unfounded allegations of Russia placing bounties on United States soldiers in Afghanistan. Now you see why we call it Politrix. Let's get into some financial news now. The crypto numbers are abysmal today. Bitcoin has been hovering around the 30k mark all day. Right now it's trading at just above, just under 30k, trading at $29,758 to be exact. No point really giving you the exact number because it's been quite volatile. I wouldn't be surprised if it was to jump back up to 32. I predict that the lowest it could go right now is about 27k. I can't see the Bitcoin cult letting it fall anywhere below that. I myself might even just jump in and buy the freaking dip. You know, as they say, Ethereum is trading at $1,200, down 7%. Polkadot is trading at $15, down 10%. XRP down 6%, trading at 24 cents. Some interesting news in XRP today that I haven't really got enough time to go fully into, but it doesn't look very good for them. Binance have dropped them today. And What's his name? Charles Hoskinson, the founder of IOHK, the, he used to develop Ethereum as well. He says that Ethereum, sorry, not Ethereum, XRP was trading as a security at one point, but doesn't actually believe it's a security. And just to top it off as well, they've got a new class action lawsuit. So they will definitely, I can't see them recovering from this. At all. I just, I just can't, but you know, Crypto people, they, they surprise me all the time. And I'm going to get into some other news, which shows you that it doesn't matter what's happening happening on the market. The, the people, if they like what they're investing in, they decide the price. We're going to get into that a little bit later, though. Cardano is down 10%, trading at 30 cents. Chainlink is down 9%. Litecoin is down just under 10%, trading at $121. Bitcoin Cash down 13%. And Binance is down 2%, trading at $40. Iran made big news earlier in this year for its Bitcoin mining with the announcement they'll be using Bitcoin for their international trade. This will allow them to avoid US sanctions and the implications don't stop there because if all the US sanctioned countries like Venezuela, North Korea, Iran and other countries in the Middle East started to trade amongst each other in crypto without needing any intervention from the West, then that force of power could grow. You could see other countries jump into that trade group, seriously undermining the power of the states. But now things seem to be changing in Iran. They look like they've had some kind of change of heart. I didn't know this until now, but apparently Iran has been going through a series of blackouts recently. And according to news.bitcoin, they have responded to the crisis by targeting Bitcoin mining farms, trying to get rid of them in an effort to save power. Now, this doesn't actually make any sense and is looking like a bold-faced lie, to be honest. Iran's electricity costs are actually more competitive relative to those of its peers. A report, however, suggests that the country's Bitcoin miners have a different view. As Mohammed Reza Sharafi, the head of the country's cryptocurrency farms association, hints, Iran's electricity costs are not viable. He suggests that they, in fact, could discourage investment. Things get even more strange, though, because according to the country's own telecommunications ministry, Bitcoin mining accounts for only 2% of Iran's total energy usage. So what's the deal? 
One thing that could account for this flip-floppy approach to using Bitcoin is this new presidency. I don't know if they've got a new trade deal on the table, if there's some sanctions lifted as payments for dropping Bitcoin, but there's got to be some reason for these lies, you know, this flip-floppy way that they're dealing with Bitcoin now. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be happy with knowing that you just don't know, especially when it comes to politics. Russian bank Spurbank has filed an application to launch its own stablecoin, possibly pegged to the fiat ruble. The filing is with Russian central banks, so it will be up to them whether the project is to go ahead or not. This isn't the first time they've expressed interest in producing a stablecoin, though. They've already shown interest in releasing a coin in 2020 and hinted at some sort of collaboration with JP Morgan, which, because of their alliances to the West, was never really going to happen realistically. But will they wait for other currencies to be unveiled first? The Bank of England yesterday talked about stablecoins at the World Economic Forum. The European Central Bank says their CBDCs will be launched in the next five years. Knowing the hostility towards Russia on a global scale from these Western countries, are they going to release their coin now or are they going to hold their cards close to their chest and wait for you know the other currencies to be unveiled first? Knowing Russia, though, and their history of beating the West when it comes to technological advances, they probably won't be waiting for anyone. I'm sure they have their own economic plan and a ruble-backed stablecoin will be launched very soon. Is GameStop going to be the new Tesla? You might wonder why I say something like that. Completely different companies. But hear me out. Like Tesla, GameStop is throwing the rulebook out the window when it comes to market valuations. And as a result, they found themselves at the center of a groundbreaking battle between Wall Street and small investors. So, how did this battle begin? Well, just like most strange phenomena happening these days, it all started with the COVID pandemic, which hit GameStop hard. But their saving grace was a new prominent investor who started lobbying for it to move more of its business online and become a serious rival to Amazon. Established investors, who are, in my opinion, increasingly overconfident, were shorting GameStop essentially betting against this price rise. But unfortunately for them, that bet has been backfiring because their share price is still one of the hottest on the market, resulting in losses upwards of $5 billion for professional investors. And you know it's hurting investors because the Nasdaq are threatening to halt stocks over social media chatters, proving once again just how rigged this financial game is. You know, it seems like only they want to reserve the right to, you know, mess up and, uh, what do you call it, manipulate the, the system. This has raised a really interesting question about the markets with Scaramucci, founder of Skybridge Capital, saying, what's happening with GameStop proves that Bitcoin can work. And initially, I was thinking, what is the correlation? These are two completely different assets we're talking about here. They're not even in the same industry. But then I remembered Tesla and all the market pumping going on there, and it's dawned on me that you know what, maybe he's got a point. Bitcoin has this hardcore community that is stronger than Tesla or GameStop. In fact, Bitcoin wrote the playbook for this sort of thing, which is why established investors always refer to Bitcoin as the mother of all bubbles. But still, Bitcoin is attacked by the mainstream all the time, and yet it reigns supreme as an asset, being the most profitable asset to hold in the last decade, even with the $10,000 dropped off of its um, price. 
What's happening with GameStop is similar to Tesla, Google, Amazon, and a whole lot more overvalued companies on the stock market right now. And that's the thing. Who am I to say it's overvalued? Sure, Tesla may only produce 500,000 cars a year compared to Toyota, who sell well over 10 million in the same period, but somehow valued 100 times less. It goes to show that it's the people that decide the market value, not the business. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate business fundamentals, and I would only invest in a company that's actually producing something of value. But people are fickle, and they can sway in their opinion, and you can't really make a bet or a prediction on how people are going to feel. But just this dynamic of it all is quite telling. And I think that's a hard lesson that established investors are starting to realize. That marks another episode done for today. Thank you for listening. I'm going to be back tomorrow. Make sure you have a blessed evening. I'll see you again soon. Peace.